Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. This podcast is designed to hold space for honest conversations. From purity culture to faith, sexuality, relationships, identity, culture, deconstruction, and more. My hope is to look doubt in the face, be curious, seek God, and ask meaningful questions to address any elephant in the room with openness, nuance, and grace. I won't pretend to be an expert and definitely don't have all the answers. And though it may feel easier and more comfortable to exist in the black and white, I invite you to discover God with me in the gray and unexpected spaces. So whoever you are, whatever you do or don't believe, you are welcome here and have a seat at this table. Make sure you're subscribed to the Refined Collective Podcast on iTunes. So each week when a new episode drops, it'll download straight to those devices. And while you're at it, if you feel so inclined, leave us a five-star rating and written review. It would be so helpful to get our message out there. All right, let's go ahead and get to it. Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I am your host, Kat Harris, and you are in for a treat this week. Although I feel like sometimes I say that and I don't want you to think I'm being redundant or just saying that, but I really mean it. This week's guest, I've been wanting to chat to since I met her in January, so almost nine months ago. But before I tell you about her, let's talk about Patreon real quick. We have a lot of great things going on in Patreon this month. Patreon is my online members-only community. It's $5 a month to join. And here is what happens in that community. Every week of the month, I drop exclusive VIP content just for the patrons. So I have two videos this month where I answer direct questions that the community has sent in to me everything about dating to sexuality, all that good stuff. And then on August 24th at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we have our monthly live Zoom coaching call. So every month on Patreon, we have a live Zoom coaching call where friends, community, Patreon folks get onto the Zoom call and just hey, hey, here's what I'm struggling with this month. I have a question about my brand. I have a question about this person I'm dating. I am freaking out about this question in the Bible. And we just walk through on the spot coaching. It's really beautiful. I love the community that we've built in that space. And then the next week, August 31st at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is our monthly book club. So we just finished the book, The Bible Tells Me So by Pete Enns. It was so Oh, so good. Hopefully he will be a future podcast guest. And now for the next five months, we're going over one book. Yeah, that might seem aggressive, but trust me, you'll be glad we did it. We're going over the book, Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski. Think a college sex ed 101 course, but written like you're reading Us Weekly. Like this book, Nagoski is wicked smart. She is Oh, brilliant. And it's so practically teaching you as a woman, what is female sexuality? What are, what's the anatomy? Like, how do I get turned on? How do I get turned off? And it's so fun and witty and accessible. So come join book club, come join Patreon, go to patreon.com slash the refined collective and let's hang out. 
Now, on to today's guest. Alessandra Conti is a celebrity matchmaker and co-founder of Matchmakers in the City, an old-school personal matchmaking firm headquartered in Beverly Hills. Alessandra is the celebrity matchmaker for shows like NBC's Access Hollywood, CBS's Face the Truth, and was a matchmaker behind two seasons of MTV's Are You the One? Her dating, relationship, and business advice has been featured on Forbes, the New York Times, the LA Times, and more. For 10 years, Alessandra has worked with clients ranging from celebrities to young professionals and leads a team of eight matchmakers responsible for hundreds of marriages. For more, you can visit www.matchmakersinthecity.com or you can follow Alessandra on Instagram at matchmakeralessandraconti. Alessandra, what is up, girl? I'm so glad you're here. Oh my goodness. It is so fabulous to be here. I'm like, I was like writing notes on the book that you guys are reading. I'm like, yes. Oh my gosh. Have you have you read it? No, I haven't read it, but I'm in the middle of the book. And this is a bad word that I'm about to say, but it shouldn't be a bad word. But the book is called P-U-S-S-Y pussy. Um, and I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but it's no, like- tell me all about it. I saw you oh posted on your Instagram this last yeah. weekend. Oh, cat! It is everything of the sort. Um, it's by this woman called Mama Jean. Um, I think that's her name. I hope that's her name. Um, but it is just so fabulous. It's all about femininity, getting in touch with that feminine energy. It's it's so fabulous. I could not recommend it more. So I'm I'm going to read the other one that you guys are reading as well now as well. Come on, girl. Join the book yes. club. I swear. Like <laughs> there's a few books in the last few years where I say there was my life before and after this book. And Emily's book is one of those, like just, you know, growing up in Christian culture or honestly just growing up in America, there is just not comprehensive sex ed. The number way young people learn about sex is through porn, which is so unrealistic. So what happened? Actually, here's what happened. Last summer I turned 36 and I had literally never held a condom in my hand. And I, isn't that crazy? It is. But that's, so, that is so, the thing is though, Kat, that's so common. It's, it's so, so common. common. It's so Espe- common in the Christian you, world. Yeah. Exactly. If you grew up in Christian culture, I had this pride for my inexperience because I was saving all this stuff for marriage. But then I also felt, oh my gosh, I have no practical knowledge. And so I ended up reading a bunch of books. This was one of them. And enough of that. <laughs> Our love affair started this January. Yes, it did. <laughs> we met for one magical day at Kate Warman's Heart of Dating Conference in Florida. And as seriously, as soon as I met you, I was like, when I, can I be her friend? Can I please oh my, be her hundred. I mean, the feeling was so mutual. I was like, I am a convert. Like, I'm in. <laughs> Whatever it is, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, sign me up. <laughs> sign me up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So before we get into your matchmaking story, how you became a matchmaker, you know, I I go rogue and I go deep on people's IG stories. Recently, you were on some TV show. I can't remember what it's called. And you were talking about Chris Evans being single. Mm, and my boy. Oh man. So I never understood what the big deal about Chris Evans was. And then I saw the movie, the gray man last week. And I was like, okay, I get it. But 
I have to tell you, I just am very cynical when I see guys that are as good looking and successful as a guy like Chris Evans out there who are single and like kind of, I guess Chris Evans hasn't complained about it, but he's kind of made it publicly known that he wants to be in a relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what do you think about guys like that? I mean, you're like, he's sensitive. He's like, you know, you're saying all these good things about him and my little like spidey senses are like, Oh "Mm, yeah. (laughs) Okay. You're gorgeous. Like, why are you single? (laughs) So here's the thing. And here's something that I've experienced just being a matchmaker for 10 years. Men, are like avocados. It's the avocado theory. And I think that Chris Evans is the perfect example of the avocado theory. When avocados, if you try to cut into them before they are ripe, it doesn't matter if you are Beyonce holding that knife, the avocado, trying to cut it. It does not matter. That avocado is not ready. And you can try to cut it. You can cut it. And then you're, oh my gosh, it's disgusting. But when that avocado is ripe at that exact moment, it's, it, you could be Beyonce, you could be a teacher, you could be, you know, it doesn't matter, but you cut into the avocado and then it's ready. Men are very similar. A lot of men, um, especially when they are super successful, you know, very good looking, have a lot going on. They have to come to that space on their own and to really say, I am ready. Like I'm finally ready. Um, but I think that a lot of women have the idea that, oh, well, if a guy just isn't looking for anything serious, because this is what a lot of men say when they're dating and they're like, oh, I'm looking for something casual. I'm not looking for anything serious. When they use that verbiage, women see that as, oh, aha, this is challenge, challenge accepted. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But a lot of men, especially men that are categorically in like a Chris Evans type, if they're not ready, they're not ready. It doesn't matter who you are. So just, I I always encourage women to think of men with the avocado theory, because then you can stop wasting time trying to cut an avocado that is just not ripe. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. So then let's follow the metaphor. When an avocado Mm -hmm. gets ripe, you have like a day to use it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think what you're saying and what I hear is, or this is how my mom always said it. She's like, guys are like taxi cabs. You know, the, when you're in New York city, the, when the taxi cab light is on, it's open for business. When it's off, it's, it's, you can't get a ride. doesn't matter if there's no one in the cab. And when the, when the cab light is on, literally the next person they meet then typically becomes their one. Would you say that that's what you're also saying? I'm a big believer in that um, just because I've seen it happen with so many of my clients. Um, I think also we don't know about Chris Evans. Like we don't know what his attachment style is. We love you, I'm Chris Evans. assuming – like Chris, we we absolutely love we you. Love and you. I love you. I will go on a date with you. Fine. <laughs> Keep that stash that you had in the gray man. <laughs> Pull my leg, okay? Yeah, Pull yeah, fine. Twist, I'll take one for the team. my arm. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that he probably has an avoidant attachment style. Let's be real. Um, but I also do find that even men with that attachment style, there is this kind of coming to Jesus moment where it is this, this, this avocado that exactly that green light theory, avocado theory, um, where they're just like something happens and it might be even they go to, you know, they go to another baby shower or another friend's wedding and they have kind of a dark night of the soul and they just say, wow, I don't want, I don't want to live in the way that I've been living. I, I'm really ready. So as a matchmaker, it's really cool because I get men, um, we get men as a company who are ripe avocados. So that's why our success, I mean, it's like, why is your success rate so high? It's because we're matchmaking men who are ready. They're ready for relationships. And a lot of times, I mean, also with matchmaking with us specifically, um, and not to like toot our horn or anything, but we work with men that are at a great place in their career because our memberships are not, they're not inexpensive, but they're also not like, you know, insanely expensive where you're only going to get like the billionaires who are looking for a young hot thing, even though we have worked with a few billionaires, which I mean, that's like bless, bless their hearts. Um, but anyway, (laughs) I digress, I digress, but I, I think that, um, all that to say, I've seen. Um, I have. I, I. We do get a lot of those men when they're at that space, um, but not to tell. To I, I also want to be very clear with women that this is not a challenge for you. If a man says that they're not looking for anything serious, believe them and move on and shut that door. Unhook yourself from that experience. Um, because if you like, it's so important to be in the same chapter. That's number one. When, when any woman is dating, always figure out what chapter this man is on and you have to be on that same chapter. Um, otherwise it's, it's doomed. It's doomed from the start. Mm, Man, that's, yeah, I, I hear that so much. And when you're sharing that, I thought of the movie, how to be single. Have you seen it? Yes. 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 Oh, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. Do you remember the bar, the bartender bar owner? That, that okay, character. vaguely, vaguely. Okay. I don't know his real name, but he plays Pastor Casey in the Mindy Project. Um, oh, yes. but oh my gosh, love that yes, man. you know what I'm talking about? Okay, <laughs> yes. so he plays this mega player in the movie, and he's talking to this girl who she's like, I'm on 10 different dating apps and I've created the algorithm because I want to get married in a year. Like she's being so intentional, the opposite side of the spectrum. And she, or he was saying to her, here's the deal. Guys are honest. Guys tell you where they're at and what they want. You just hear what you want to hear. And he goes, watch. And he goes up to this girl and he's like, Hey, you know, like I'm not looking for anything serious, right? Like we have fun and I enjoy sleeping with you, but you know, it's like, I'm not looking for anything else, but I'm only telling you this because I really care about you. And I just, I care about like who you are. And she's like, Oh, I care about you too. And like gives him a kiss. And he's like, see, like girls only hear what they want. Um, slash we've seen way too many rom-coms. I feel like every rom-com is the archetype of the guy who's not totally ready. I call it the cruel intentions um, Mm. curse. I saw cruel intentions. And it, for me, I think was this 
like glorification of the bad guy changing for the good girl. Um, Cause we're always, we're, we're told that doesn't work, but then all we see is like, but he can change for you. And then I want to be the one he changes for. No, a hundred percent. And it's such an, it's an uphill battle and it's just not, it's so unnecessary to The beautiful part about 2022 and the dating landscape is that there are so many more options. Therefore, you can find somebody that is at that same chapter that you're at. So, and and also the men that are not ready can also find partners that are also in that space, but it's almost cat. It's like what you were expressing in your last um, Instagram video of just being upfront with what your boundaries are, with where you're at and with what your intentions are. So if you express that and then also taking that a step further, but also enacting those, right? So if you, you know, kind of verbalize to a guy, you know, here's what I'm looking for. And, you know, this is where I'm at. And it's totally fine if you're not there, but that's where I'm at. And then a guy may be like, oh, okay, well, and then they'll, of course, try to sleep with you, obviously, because that's a lot of, that's men in general, um, but they'll, they'll try, but if you stand firm in just where you're at and what your intentions are and what your expectations are, then the guy, those guys, they get the picture and they're not going to waste their energy. Like men don't want to be on a treadmill. Men want to, if, especially if they're that player type they're going to, or if they're in that chapter, um, but some never get out of that chapter. I mean, I'm in LA and this is like the Peter Pan land. So we oh, have a yeah. lot of guys here. They're finally like 65 and they're like, all right, I'm finally ready to settle down. And we're like, all right. (laughs) Great. And then they want a 25 year old and you're like, exactly. But that's, you know what? It's, it's just, I, I, so yes, I think that it is a woman um, with, and that's why as a woman dating, it's just so important to have your boundaries, know what your parameters are and know what you're looking for in a partnership and in a relationship. And then expressing that as you're getting to know somebody and then also mitigating the um, unnecessary hormonal bonds, AKA sleeping with a guy before before you guys are either I always so at matchmakers in the city we always like our rule is no in like no sex until monogamy but so my sister and I are actually the co-founders of our company we've been doing this for 10 years and we have a team of actually now eight matchmakers which is so exciting but our that has been our barometer and my sister we're both Christian we're both I'm we're Catholic my sister is definitely more on the very um more on the scale of no sex until marriage. Um, whereas I'm like, do whatever you want, but just be careful because it doesn't have anything to do with the guy. It has everything to do with you and your body and your energy and how sacred that is. Um, and any man that you experience that with, you know, we want to make sure that he's either going to be in it for the long haul, or you guys are very much on the same page with what this is. So anyway, if a woman is looking for a committed, serious relationship, I, so Christina's, Christina would verbalize that her, you know, she always says, 
She says, no sex until you have the kind of commitment that you want from a man. Whereas my approach is like, no sex until monogamy at the minimum, but you can kind of like wait as long as you want and you can verbalize that to men, especially in this dating landscape with the dating apps and with a lot of women who don't have those boundaries and those parameters. When you verbalize that and when you actually enact that and when you put kind of a plug on that act until you're really ready, the bad guys just fall away. Like it's so magical because the guys that are not actually like seeing a relationship with you long-term, they're going to, they're going to leave because it's way too difficult. Whereas the good guys that actually are like, wow, I could see this woman, you know, I'm ready for a relationship. I will put in the time. I'll put in the effort. This investment is worthwhile. Um, then they'll go into that round. I just feel like it's so important that it's such, you know, it has nothing to do with like, oh, slut shaming. Like if women, like when women have sex, they release oxytocin, which I'm sure you got, you know about this. And, um, but oxytocin is the bonding hormone. It's that cuddle hormone. It's that love hormone. It's what women release when they have a baby and when they have sex because it bonds them to the man. But when men have sex, they release different hormones. They're not releasing oxytocin. Oxytocin. They release a hormone called glycogen and like all of these other hormones. It basically like help it, it makes them, it doesn't bond them. So for women and for men, it's a very different experience. Um, for men, it's a release, whereas for women, it's a it's a bond. So that's also why it's so important to understand um the woman's body, hormone, the women, the women hormonally, what we're experiencing. Anyway, and so then you can have that boundary and that physical and emotional boundary when, you know, when a woman is dating, and especially in 2022, when you know you you really have you do have to be careful because there are men that will verbalize um having good intentions, but then they're actually show a completely different route. Yeah, absolutely. And, and really it's, man, it's like time really is on your side in that, but also when you're actually going through it, it's really hard. I mean, I've gone on like over 25 dates in the last like two, two and a half months. And I think there's, there were two guys that were each like five or six dates. And then a lot of two daters, someone, some oneers, some, some one days, <laughs> some oneers, <laughs> some oneers. And what I have been kind of unpacking, and I think a lot of people in my community are unpacking too, is like, okay you know, I've always kind of only dated Christians because I was a Christian. I was taught that's what you're supposed to do. And, and truth be told, I still do want to share my faith with my partner. And yet I've been going through a lot of personal doubt and deconstructing my faith. And in that, like renegotiating, what do I want my sexual boundaries to be versus not? I, I I got a specific DM just yesterday and it was from a girl. She's like, my faith still really matters to me. And I've always like been in a place where I'm saving sex until marriage. And now like as I'm deconstructing and as I'm going through that, I don't know like who to date during this time or even what, how I can show up in my physical boundaries in a way that's like, well, I don't just want to like, you know, do whatever. Cause I'm not sure if I want to not have sex anymore. So just like do whatever now. Um, I still want to be intentional, but there's like question marks over like sex is a big thing, you know, whether you want to have it, whether you're not having it, like it's a big conversation in any relationship as is 
for a lot of faith-based people, faith. And so how would you say, I guess two things, how do you navigate dating when, when you're like, man, this non-negotiable of faith used to be like a massive thing. It still matters to me, but like, I don't know if I really connect with Christians anymore. So there's that question. And then how do you navigate dating when you're you're questioning your own physical boundaries. Yeah, this is I mean, I I think that that the woman that DM'd you, like she's so not alone and this is such a common question. So we always say that at just having match made for 10 years, there are three like actual deal breakers when it comes to um when it comes to a long-term committed partnership and like a marriage a marriage match. And the three deal breakers are do they want to get married? Like are you compatible with that? Do you both want to get married? Um do you both want to have children and is religion compatible? So the religious element plays a part very strongly, but I, I, I think that having done this for so many years, I've worked with Jewish men. I've worked Jewish men and women. I've worked with Muslim men and women. I've worked with agnostic men and women. Of course, I've worked with so many Christian women, um, so many Christian women and so many Christian men. I would say that if somebody is in a a place of of doubt of questioning. I would open up the parameters when it w- when it comes to religion. I would say keep the um I, I one one partner to stay away from is atheist. Not they're not bad people by any means. It's just an atheist that's a very strong proclamation that I've done my research. I'm no longer open to conversation regarding the religious seeking. So I think that we can be pretty safe to rule out atheists when it comes to dating. I have a bachelorette that I had um, I had worked with. I had match made, and she's now like so happy and married, happily married. Actually, she ended up with a Christian guy. Um, but she, right before we started working with her, dated an atheist, and because she was in that similar um, kind of existential moment of deconstruction and she dated this atheist and it and it was actually really powerful for her because it drew her like he would have all these issues and she was like well you're going to be restless until you rest in him and then she was like oh no i think i need to start dating christian men again <laughs> so, <laughs> so like there's no i i also want to say there's no wrong journey and there's no wrong way and you can hear my advice and you can still though really connect with an atheist, but then you may find this information out on your own, but hopefully I can help save a little bit of time and a little bit of trauma and then a little bit of healing with this advice that we've learned from clients in the past. I've worked with Jew- oh, Jewish men. I, I I love Jewish men and I love matchmaking Jewish men and I love the value system that comes in with that with that culture and with that religion. But the problem is with um, a lot of Jewish men that come to us is that they will only marry a Jewish partner. So when a woman is going out into the dating world, yes, you can be super open, um, but just make sure to have that conversation super early on, even like on the first date of, you know, I know you're Jewish. I love it. I'm super open to Jewish. Like if you would be open to raising your kids, half Jewish, half Christian, whatever it is. Um, but ask him, like, would I would whoever your partner is, would they need to be Jewish or do they need to convert if they were to get married? 
married. Um, I, I think like I know that this sounds aggressive, but I, 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 it's so essential because you could be super open, even like Hindu, you know, even with the Indian culture. I mean, oh gosh, I love Indian men. I, I love just like all these different cultures. There are so many incredible men from all the cultures and there are, are actually so many similarities to the value basis of, of, of the Christian, um, the Christian way of life. Um, but you know, yeah, you could be super open to dating a Hindu man, but then, would his family accept you? So that's in in a marriage, in a marriage, um, if that's what you're ready for, if that's a chapter that you're in, like if you're dating with the intention of marriage. And also agnostic. I don't think that there's anything wrong with um dating a man who's agnostic because I think that somebody who's agnostic, it's a just another way of saying, hey, I don't really know. And um, and then you guys can kind of explore what, you know, you can explore everything together. But it's that openness that you should be looking for. And even, you know, there's no wrong way. There's no wrong way. Everyone's journey is going to look different. It is dating is not linear as with healing. Healing is not linear. Dating is also not linear. It doesn't mean all because you've been on 7,000 dates, you're going to have better and better dates. Um, You may have some incredible dates. You may have some horrific dates, but it's not linear and everyone's journey is going to look different. And so you really, it is a trial and error. I love it. And yeah, so even, so just kind of like close the loop there, dating while deconstructing, like three things that can kind of anchor you in that season is, all right, do are you looking for a marriage or are you ready for that? Or do you want that? Do you have a desire for kids or not? And then some sort of like religion, faith compatibility, even if you're like, Hey, I'm not sure I believe this anymore. Do you have space for me to be on that journey? Um, so I think that's like r- three kind of pillars that can act sort of as an anchor when you're in a season where, a lot of the anchors feel like they have like <laughs> clipped off from your boat. And then the second question, you know, you talked a little bit about it, you know, no sex until monogamy or um, your sister says marriage, or I've uh, had other relationship love coach friends say no sex until six weeks after dating. So let's say, yeah, you're deconstructing your faith and you're like, oh, I've like my whole life decided to save sex until marriage, but I'm like almost 40 or um, I have a lot of friends that are in that boat myself included, like, okay, like I'm pushing 40 in the next few years. Or one of my friends is like, I will not be the 40 year old virgin, but they're kind of like, I don't really know what my boundaries are physically in a relationship. And I think clarity is so key when approaching dating, even like, you know, before I go on a date, what do I want physically to happen versus not? What am I open to? Like, what's a hard no for me at this point? But when you're already in such a hard place faith-wise, and then this the boundary of not having sex is tied to that faith that you're struggling with, like, do you have any pointers for how to talk about that in dating? Is that anyone's business that you're dating, that you're kind of having an existential sex crisis? Or would you say, okay, even if you're not sure, like here are a few things that you can at least like practice to support you in that process. Totally. Um, it's, you know, as you said, sex is so complicated because it's complicated when you're having it, when you're not having it, like all of that. Um, 
And also, I think it's it's also that kind of shame element. So getting away from all of that, uh, my biggest piece of advice in any in any stage, but especially in that kind of deconstructing season and in a season when you're not quite sure of of, of really anything, um, it's coming back to yourself and it's self-exploration, which is also something that, you know, in the Christian world, it's it's very taboo to even think or talk about that. But um it is figuring out what it, it self exploration, self love, self pleasure, um, learning about your own sensuality, being okay with that, and knowing that it's not dirty, it's not bad, it's not wrong. So a that, it, then bringing in you know a partner. I think that you know, and this is this is really my personal viewpoint, and just what I have seen what I have seen destroy some women and really um, not destroy completely because they rebuild and they rebuild stronger. So it's all a part of their journey and their um, their experience. But um, I, I, I am just such a strong and firm believer that when, you know, when two people are like having sex, it brings the relationship to a very different level. Um, And especially for the woman, it brings the relationship to a very different level. Men are just biologically more capable, as we just discussed, of having sex and not having that emotional tie. Like they are just, it's, they're built differently than women are. Women on the other hand, they're, you know, women before sex, they're thinking clearly after sex, they're not thinking clearly mm-hmm. men before sex aren't thinking clearly after sex are thinking clearly. So just, I, I, I am, I encourage women to not pressure themselves, um, in, in any way, but but also figure out what boundary you're comfortable with, express that to um, a partner and, and then do it in that way. But I, I am just a really, I'm old school. I'm a firm believer that the best way to date with, especially if you're dating with the intention of marriage is to verbalize. I will only have sex with a guy if he's my boyfriend at the minimum, or I'll only have sex. I would only consider sex if I was engaged at the minimum, because then a guy that doesn't have good intentions, he will fall away because that is my whole goal with women in their dating journey. It's not to introduce them to the perfect guy because the perfect guy does not exist. But my goal is to have women move through the dating process in a way where they're not aggressively attaching themselves to a man that has not shown his dedication, his long-term commitment on some level, and like has really, really committed himself. So my, my goal is to help women just see the signs of, oh, okay, this guy is maybe not the person that I should be you know, engaging in that next level with, because even though you may, you know, a woman might be ready, but having done this for so many years and seeing women get successfully into um, healthy 
committed relationships, um, the best way to go about it is to set a boundary, set a standard. And then if you are just, if a woman is dating and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm just burning with desire for this man. I know that this is like not a Christian piece of advice, but get yourself a dildo. Okay. Explore (laughs) your body, like explore that experience with yourself so that like, so that you can give that to yourself and you're not yearning for that and desiring for that at a point when the person has not, has not shown that he's worthy of that. So self-pleasure, like self-love, it's all a part of self-love. It's all a part of self-love. Yes, and you can think of, about that man. That's fine, but just put a put a put a put a boundary up for sure. So I think what I'm hearing you say is even if you're not so so sure where you're standing on sex, or I don't know what I think about X Y Z, at least saying you know what I'm gonna give it a month or until until we are committed boyfriend or until I'm engaged, like and figuring three out, months okay. minimum, three months minimum for, um, dating somebody until you become exclusive. Okay. That is a great rule of thumb. Three months, three months. Before you book any brunch spot, you pour over lists and lists of reviews. Am I right? So why not do the same when you're booking a doctor's appointment? With ZocDoc, you can see real, verified patient reviews to help find the right doctor in your network and in your neighborhood. After all, finding the right doctor is just as, if not more, important than finding the right plate of Eggs Benedict. Am I right? ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. I love using ZocDoc because it helps me locate the exact specialists I need, whether you're trying to find a primary care physician, an OBGYN, or even a psychiatrist. ZocDoc will help you find a quality doctor that is the right fit for you. Go to ZocDoc.com slash cat and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash cat. ZocDoc.com slash cat. Though I'm not a fashion blogger anymore, you're going to have to listen to episode 184 for that story. There is one thing that I firmly believe to this day. There is simply nothing better than a well-made and comfortable leather shoe. I recently discovered Bedstew and fell in love with their leather shoes. Bedstew's mission is to create quality products that are made to last using only the most natural ingredients. Bedstew takes pride in their four R's, recycle, reduce, reuse, and renewable. They use recycled materials, reduce landfill waste, source their materials from naturally renewable resources, and offer a restore and repair program so you can extend the life of your items. I have personally been wearing my Gia sandals from Bedstew nonstop since I got them. They're the perfect summer sandals, and I always feel so cute when I wear them, and they're just so comfy. Bedstew is giving you a 20% off on your first order when you go to bedstew.com and use code RC20 at checkout. That's B-E-D-S-T-U dot com and use code RC20 for 20% off. When you're, when you're saying like, oh, you know, I don't, you're saying, oh, don't do that just until you're monogamous or you're in an exclusive relationship. So when you're saying that, I'm thinking back to the last few months, I dated two different guys and I, I got burned a little bit, but I think part of it was just 
I feel like I've, I'm like, have been the queen of first dates. And so even though I only knew one of these guys for two weeks, it was like, we were six dates in like, so I feel like, you know, from day one, he was pursuing me at the end of every date. What are you doing on Tuesday? Can I take you here? I really want to see you again from the first date, contacting me every single day. Like, Hey, just thinking about you. What are you up to today? Um, and really so intentional. And so I'm like, yeah, it's only been two weeks, but you're in those two weeks. And in those two weeks, you're like, oh, it feels like we've been getting to know each other for a long time because things can change so quickly. And then literally at the two week marker, we had like one, I don't even want to call it a conflict. It was just we had like, we, yeah, I guess it was like a small conflict of basically he was hungry and he was hangry and like, we got annoyed at each other and we like worked through that and communicated through that. And kind of the end of that was like, Hey, like, great. We moved through it. Wonderful. Saw him the next day and it was great. It was like, he was so sweet, intimate, tender. And then literally he ghosted me and like, I'm oh. like, did the, is the guy in jail? Like, did the aliens pick him? Yeah. Did Jesus come back and I get left behind? Like what happened? So I share all of that because I would have said like, he and I are only seeing each other, you know, because of conversations we had, because we had such a great time on the first date. He's like, yeah, I'm just want to let you know, like, I'm, I'm like really wanting to get to know you. So like no more dating apps for me, as long as I'm getting to know you, like I, I want to get to know you. And so I think I've, I've made, and maybe you already answered the question of like three months, but so if you're like, all right, how, when do you decide to get monogamous or exclusive when you're like, man, two weeks in, I feel like we've known each other forever. And then I've, I've had two situations that were similar to the, to that guy that I just shared where I was just a little bit blindsided. Cause I was like, wait, of you're course. the one who was pushing this bus forward, not me. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. it felt like we were exclusive. It felt like, well, if he's not my boyfriend right now, like we are on the relationship train. Like it seemed like a nonverbal thing that we both felt because of the things that they were saying to me. So all that to say is, is your like hard boundary, like three months, like, yeah. Like what's so, the three month thing? A hundred percent. This is such a common story, Kat. Like this is, this happens so frequently. So as the great Justin Bobby from the Hills once said, uh, truth in time tells all. Truth in time tells all, but Justin time, Bobby. Justin Bobby, we love uh, a good Justin Bobby quote, yes, a well-placed Justin Bobby quote, bless yes. his heart. But, um, I will say that time is a single woman's best friend. Time, time, time. Any man, and especially a man who knows what he wants, knows what he's looking for, aka if he doesn't have pure intentions, um, these men, they know what to do. They know what to say, and they know how to really put the fast forward on a relationship. He was pushing that fast forward button. You were seeing him multiple times. It was just two weeks, but you're like, oh my God, I've seen him like so many times. That it was mm -hmm. He pushed that fast forward button, but that is not 
a natural progression of a relationship, even though for you it felt very natural. But time, time is really going to show his true colors. So that's also something, another boundary, like what can we learn and what can women learn from that experience that happens? So women come to me with date, I, I do date coaching for, we work with, obviously we work with priority members who are our clients, but I also have a bunch of bachelorettes that I am working with in a date coaching context and they are going through it. They are in the wild, wild west of dating in 2022 Mm -hmm. and they are coming to me with such similar issues. And so we always say, okay, this is something that happened. What can we learn from this experience and what boundary can we put in place so that we don't replicate this moving forward? You know, this is a great signal that, okay, the way that we did that once did not work. Therefore, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. So let's put up a boundary here. So maybe it's your boundary is you maximum will see a new man that you're dating twice a week. So you can see him on a weekday and you can see him on a weekend. Maximum. Anything above that is a no-go, even if you are just dying to see this man, because that's that's something that these men with not great intentions do. This is something that the gamers, we'll call them the gamers, they they push that fast forward button because they are like, oh, let me just, let me push the button. I'm really excited. It's too much too soon. It's a firework. We don't want fireworks. We want a slow burning fire. We want that fire that's going to last, hopefully for the rest of your life, but that you keep adding logs, adding, you keep adding to, and the flame gets brighter and brighter and brighter. So, and it keeps, and it's a sustained fire and it's a consistent fire. And the only way that we can tell if a man is consistent is through time. Okay. So that's why even though everything inside of you, you're like, oh my God, this is so exciting. He's, oh wow. We're like, we're so connected. He's such a good conversationalist. Oh, I could talk to him for hours and hours and hours and hours. That's great. I'm so excited for you. But <laughs> from my experience, those men, men that are great at that phase, at that dating phase and that that courting phase, they're usually not great at relationships. So men that are great at dating are usually not great at relationships. Not to say, of course, there are some that are great at dating and great at relationships, good for them, but it's those other men that have the pure intentions that are taking it at a pace that is a more natural pace. But also, like I said, that's why you can't determine that. You don't know that. We don't know that until we give this man time. So we need to, and we give this connection time and you can step away from it and you can both have some time. You can both have some space and you can see if those, if that communication is consistent and you can see if that planning is consistent. If you can see his character right now, especially in the first two weeks of knowing somebody, you don't know somebody's character. You know, I would say go volunteer with them, you know, do something outside of the realm of, of a date night, you know, experience them, you know, go to an amusement park with them. If you want to see somebody's personality, go to like a higher stress environment with them where not everything goes properly or go to like a Dave and Buster's date with them or something to see how they react. Like just, but do things outside of the norm, but time, time, time and pacing yourself. Yeah. 
Okay. So let me ask, let me ask a real practical question then. So, okay. Time, time, time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Time is on your side. Love that. <laughs> um, but I like my mind goes to, okay, so three months and then where, okay. You're talking about like three months before ex- exclusivity, which would mean at that point, three months before sex, if that's the boundary, but what about sleepovers and what about, nakedness or my friend calls it naked cuddling or blowjobs or hand jobs. So more into the guy I dated a couple months ago was literally the first, the day he ghosted me was the day after he slept over at my house for the first time. So he had been dating for two weeks. I usually, I mean, if anyone knows me, has read my book, like I had like a huge boundary for a long time that I wasn't even having sleepovers with guys I was dating until I was like engaged or married. And so I, I've been like open to like experience. Let's just have a sleepover. Let's see what that's like. So literally the day after our sleepover, I never heard from this guy again. And I'm like, whoa, like I did all he want was to like have a, a sleepover in my king bed. Like, yep. was that the whole plan? <laughs> and so yeah. I'm even, and I don't shame myself for that, but I'm like, oh, this is like interesting information. It, Cause I feel like my friends have always said, if you really like a guy, don't have sex with them on the first date. And because you're instantly put in that casual category. And now I'm like, man, if you really like a guy, like do not even have a sleepover for those first three months. Like can you really get practical with like what you're saying with the physical stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Slash, so, is my experience normal that I had? Yeah, it is. Honestly, Kat, it's so normal. I, I that's uh, so many of my coaching clients come in and they're devastated because they're like, wait, I, I did this. And even if it's just a sleepover, I mean, he probably realized, oh, this is as far as I'm going to get with her. I'm going to move on. And that's such a blessing because a man's rejection is God's protection. A hundred percent you were protected. You were protected. So practically speaking, um, there, it's, it's difficult to say every woman and every situation is going to be different. I like a, like a weekend trip, but I also recognize that that can be really problematic because especially if, you know, that, that does involve a sleepover and that does involve a lot of self-control on both parties. Um, and yeah, the naked cuddling aspect is something that is, is a, that's a, that's a big deal. And that has to be, it's, it's going to be different for every connection, but I think that it's a safe bet to say within the first two months, no sleepovers, no naked cuddling. Um, once you're getting into that stage of third month, then, you know, kind of seeing, okay, maybe we can do a light, you know, maybe a weekend away. I also, I know that this is old school of me, but sharing a bed is like, and that's also like the Christian part of me that's coming out. But the idea of like sharing a bed, and even if he's staying over, you can be like, oh, you know, you can, if you absolutely need to, you can stay in the living room and sleep on the couch. Um, But I, you know, I don't know. I, I think that's also something that you might, it's like I said, it's different for every woman, but that's, it's just something that I think, to safeguard a woman, save it for the boyfriend, save yeah. it for the boyfriend, even the boyfriend. Like 
why does homeboy have to sleep over? Like he can, he can wait, you know, just time, time, because it's so intimate. It's in your space. It's in your home. It's in your energy. It's affecting your energy field, you know? So I, I say the, the, the last two minutes of advice is, is, it's difficult because I don't know how much I personally believe that. I think my personal belief and what I've seen work is work for a healthy, committed partnership is just wait. And if a guy can't wait for a sleepover, then that's not your future husband because right. your future husband is going to say, no worries. I completely understand and I respect that boundary and I want to spend time with you, but I want to do it in a way that you're comfortable with and that boundaries are not fun for anybody to set. Okay. It's not like, oh yeah, like women, we love it. We love setting these boundaries. It's not because it's fun. It's because we're protecting our energy field. We're protecting our hearts. We're protecting our minds. We're protecting our bodies. So that's what boundaries are for. It's to protect that energy that we have. It's not fun. It's not sexy. It can be sexy, but it's it's typically put in place to protect you. So I, I, I wish I could give other advice of like, oh, it's fine. Just make it, just be careful. It's also like, yeah, I kind of gave that, but I, but I'm also, that's not quite genuine. Yeah. <laughs> <for me>. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it's so it's, I think what I get caught up in and I think so many women who are in my community get caught up in as well. is like, I grew up in such a legalistic space that was like, you can't do anything. And so now I, I'm like, I can really resist any sort of boundaries or structure, but I'm like, yeah. And I want to set myself up for success. I don't want to be love bombed by a guy again. Mm -hmm. Like I want to figure out like, you know, what are my values and are my actions in alignment with my values and are my actions like moving me towards the thing that I want. And so I think, for me, part of it is like shifting the mentality of like, this isn't about legalism. This isn't about like my salvation isn't at stake here, but it's like, all right. Like, so having that sleepover after two weeks and like seeing him six times in two weeks, that actually didn't work for me. And that didn't create the type of connection that I want. And, um, yeah, maybe the next person, it could be different, but I think I've dated so much in the past few months that I feel like I've learned a lot. And then I've also seen like, oh, this is why I have always paced the physical. This is why I I'm, I've always kind of been the same, Alessandra. Like, yeah, if, if we go on a date, like I'll see you next week, maybe, you know, like s- slowing it down. Um, because what I've been doing, and this is kind of my final question to you is I've always been so intentional with dating, like never really a casual dater just cause I know myself and I fall in love real quick. And, and I think I also put so much pressure on marriage and now the older I am that I don't want to waste any time. And, you know, I just turned 37 and starting in April, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to say yes. I'm going to say yes more than I say no. I am just going to get in person with guys. And I've gone on several dozen dates now. And my thought was like, you know what? I've always said like quality over quantity. And I've never really tried like, not like not necessarily 
quantity over quantity, but like, maybe I just need to get my at bats up there. Like I think part of online dating is, you know, you're kind of needle in a haystacking it. So maybe I do go just, maybe I really open that net up. Um, and now I'm like three months into that and I'm a girl. I mean, it was like every other day going on a a date with a different guy. And that was like fun for a minute, but I'm, I'm like, is this, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. I, it's exhausting. I mean, I've gotten a lot of free dinners, like <laughs> a lot of free, actually not a lot of free dinners, like a lot of drinks. Um, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So I guess that can also be a nice little boundary that if you, um, if it moving forward, you, you only kind of go on dinner dates instead of drinks dates, because that also guys that invite you to drinks, they're probably dating a whole lot as opposed to if a man invites you to dinner, it means that, okay, you know, you guys have had a really nice conversation over the phone. And, um, so always talk on the phone before you meet the guy, if you're doing online or app dating, um, talk on the phone. And then if guys like, Oh, want to grab a drink and blah, blah, blah. Like that can be a nice little barometer of like, oh, okay, yeah, let me let me circle back with you on that. And then, you know, I – but that's also just the old school in me, knowing mm-hmm. men and knowing what you're worthy of and the investment that a guy – and also it, it is a good predictor of if a guy is going on a ton of dates, he's usually doing a lot of drink dates. Right. But if a guy is intentional and is – being more selective in his dating process because we would ideally love for you to be with a guy who's in that more selective part of his dating process, even if you're not there, even if you are, you know, kind of tasting everything and sam- doing a sampling menu. Oh, that's so good because part of it too is like, you know, I value my time and I don't know if I want to give person X a dinner yet. So actually most of my first dates are usually a walk. Um, I live in Austin now and there's like uh, – a lake right by my house. And so, um, I, we can do this. I'll be like, Hey, do you want to like, go on a walk? And it's usually like an hour to an hour and a half can be this little loop. And I like that because I like seeing, Hey, here's what you look out, look like when you're sweaty. I'm not wearing a lot of makeup. It gives us something to do. So we're not just staring at each other. It shows us if there's any sort of connection without any sort of alcohol, liquid courage. But I, yeah, cause I'm, I, and I think maybe this is also like the, New York city dating mentality. That's still in me. That's like, no, like you don't give someone a dinner, not on a first day. I don't give someone a dinner on a first date. Like we're talking 45 minutes to an hour tops. And then on like going to hang out with my girlfriends. So I do, I totally hear what you're saying in that. And then there's like also a part of me that's like, ah, like I don't want to give every guy a dinner. But my question is, is in your experience, like, do you think there's value into like viewing dating as a numbers game or, or is it always like, actually, like if you're wanting something serious, like less is more. There is a concept called the paradigm of choice and I'm sure you've heard of that. Mm-hmm. So it basically means that, you know, there are, if you, if there's too much choice and too many options, it gets paralyzing. Um, and it gets too overwhelming. So our whole concept, and especially at Matchmakers in the City and something that we have actually seen work and why we've replicated it over the last 10 years, is that 
if somebody, if listen, there are different stages and different chapters. And it sounds to me like you are in this pendulum stage where your pendulum was so far, like the boundary thing, you had all the boundaries, but your boundaries were a brick wall, not, <laughs> and not, you know what I mean? And a boundary, it shouldn't be a brick wall. It should be, it should be a fence, but it should also be a fence with like a little bit of an opening. There's a really great book. Uh, it's called Boundaries and it's, it's actually written by a Christian author. And of course uh, I, I'll, uh, gosh, I'm forgetting the exact name of it, but just Google boundaries and it will be the first book that comes up and it's by Mm. a Christian author. And that's how he describes that. But I, it sounds to me like there is this navigation and there is this pendulum that is swinging. So right now you are in that phase of, I want to date everybody. Well, I want to open all the boundaries, like open up the walls, like (laughs) let the, you know, like let it all, let it all open. But now you're learning, oh, okay, I did that. Ooh, so let's maybe put this up and oh, that, that hurt, that hurt a lot. Let's maybe put this little thing up. So it's, it's this navigation and that's the journey of dating. And that's what's, that's, what's so exciting about dating. And that's why everyone's journey is going to look different. So there's no shame in that. That's so exciting. I love that you're in this space, even though when you're in it, it's really difficult because there's a lot of drama, a lot of pain, a lot of emotion. So it's not easy. But that said, once you get to this other space of understanding, recognizing the pendulum is now somewhere in the middle, still leaning a bit more towards the boundary space because that we have to protect your energy because it's so beautiful and so powerful. Once you're in that space, um, I have seen that being more intentional with the men that you're selecting to go on dates with is the best way to date as opposed to different guy every single night. That's a great phase. You have to go through that phase because that's how you're learning and growing and learning about who you connect with physically, what you like, all of these different elements. But you'll hit a certain point where something is something like you can't keep up with a date every single night because it will literally burn you out and it will exhaust you. Once you get to that phase, using the dating apps in a way that a matchmaker would set you up. So the way that we set our clients up, they have either eight matches or 12 matches. It is finite. It is over the course of one year. And these are very selected men or women. They're selected for them based on what they're looking for, based on their past, what has worked physically for them, what hasn't worked physically, religion-wise, where they're at. So all of these different elements of compatibility and they're it is targeted so that you're no longer a maximizer because right now you're a maximizer and that's a dating term of somebody who is is like okay dating 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 da, 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 da. it's exhausting and that's paradigm of choice you're going to feel oh my goodness i'm so overwhelmed like, da, 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 da. So once you're out of that space then you can use the dating apps in a way that okay what am i looking for physically who am i typically attracted to okay um, job wise, let's look at their careers. You know, what is something that excites me or something that's stable or something that I, I'm really excited about? Great. So, doing dating in that way and really getting to know one person beyond just that one date, just fewer, 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 and limiting it so that you're not just going on a date every night of the week because it can be, it can be paralyzing if you do it in that way. And then, and you're, you know, so 
That is what I I don't I don't see dating as a numbers game because I have seen memberships where we set them up on one match. It's their first match and then they end up getting married. Um mm-hmm. I've also seen memberships where they're on their second membership. They've met 15 people and finally on the 16th bachelor or bachelorette, it the person was completely opposite of what they thought um physically they would look like or they have a totally different career than they thought that they would get into. And that's fine. But that's where God comes in and that is where we have to kind of allow that to happen. But yeah, so I, I, I'm I not of the maximizer mindset because I haven't seen that work. I think it burns people out if it's done over the course of too long. I think yeah. there comes a certain space and then you shift gears and you date very intentionally and also try not to get sweep, swept away on, you know, on some of the apps. The guy's um, can, you know, message and speak. And that's, that's great. But I, for my female clients, I love putting them on Bumble because with Bumble, it's very deliberate. Like they can just, it's very like, boom, boom, boom. Use like, no, 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 no. And you're not, you know, you're not sidetracked by the sweet comment that a guy left on one of your photos or this or that. It's like, boom, this is what I'm looking for. Let's get them on. And then it's just less, it's less matches, less dates, but that's, that yields a lot of success. I I hear that. And I love that term, like dating maximizer. And it's, it has been important for me to go through this process. And, yes. you know, after a couple months of it, like literally a couple days ago, I deleted the app. So I was like, I just, I need a break. Like yes. I need a break. I need a minute. Let's like, let's, you know, sit in this a little bit, figure out what, what do I learn? Cause I feel like I learned more in these like last three months about dating, about myself, about my boundaries than I have in years, even about what I want, because I went on a date with literally every single type of guy you could imagine. Like oh, I even I just went on a date last week with a guy 12 years younger than me. I went on a date dates with guys that were like 25 to almost 50 in the last few months. And it's been so good. And I think there's an aspect to like when you view dating in like such a stringent way for so long, like it could be like really helpful for you to just go on a bunch of dates. But to your point, it's not a long-term strategy. Um, yeah, really it's like- a great short-term strategy. It's beautiful, but then exactly. And I'm, I'm so proud of you for doing that, Kat. That's so exciting. And Yes. And, but, and that's your pendulum. Your pendulum is now kind of swinging somewhere, somewhere in the middle, you know? Somewhere in the middle. Oh. Yes. So, oh my gosh, I could ask you a thousand more questions. This has been so lovely. Thank you so much for your time, Alessandra. And we'll have to have you back on because I want to hear more about like the actual matchmaking process. So we'll have to yes. have you back on for that. <laughs> Absolutely, Kat. It was such a pleasure. It was such a pleasure to chat with you. 